This episode of 1801 Live was originally recorded during a 12-hour podcast-a-thon streamed live on August 28th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The Give Black Podcast-a-thon benefited U of SC's One Creed, One Carolina campaign, which supports initiatives that elevate and encourage black students, faculty, and staff. Together, our five hosts and over 20 guests helped raise more than $10,000 for the campaign over 12 hours. Find more information on the podcast-a-thon and the link to donate at www.garnetmedia.org slash giveblack. What's up, y'all? What's up? Happy Friday to y'all. Happy, Happy Friday. Friday, sir. How are you? Good to see y'all, man. I'm doing pretty well, y'all. I found out on Twitter earlier that it's National Bowtie Day. And I'm always wearing bow ties anyway, so I had to show up. You got it. I no, thought Julian, you got thought you going to meet me here, Julian? No. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, was, I put on my garden in black. Kim, I'm not going to hold against you. I mean, you know, we, the whole Michigan-Ohio thing is a real... That's a real rivalry, so I promised I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, so I, I'm, we're just glad you're here. I will not hold that against you at all, my brother. I'm doing better leading with Grace, Julian, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, it's good seeing you, Timothy. Thank you so much for um, taking me up on my um, invitation to be on and talk to us a little bit about your experiences, what you do now. I know you're very involved in the Black Alumni Council as well, but this is just a great day in history, I like to uh, think of. I know you talked about National Bowtie Day, but August being Black Philanthropy Month, 828 being Give Black Day, and this is also the anniversary for the March on Washington. So we're here. We're a part of history. <laughs> we are. We are. But I would just like for you to introduce yourself. I'll give a little bit of background for the viewers, and then we'll get into a little bit more about your experiences. Yeah, definitely. So my name is Tim Bryson. I'm a Black millennial educator. I mean, that's something that I've been uh, really owned this summer, uh, having time to take away uh, myself away from work a little bit, but also started my own podcast. Um, my former role is I'm the program director for student athlete career development. Uh, I'm the older brother to both Brian and Brandy Bryson, uh, first born, firstborn child to Leslie Bryson, and then a favorite grandchild to Anita and Michael Lackey. Um, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. I started my college career actually at Coastal Carolina, so down the street from South Carolina. Uh, but made the transfer over. It was really the best decision I could have ever made. I mean, again, super happy to be here because the conversations throughout the day have truly been not just phen phenomenal, but also inspiring uh, and dynamic as well. I see that you have been in the comments all throughout the day. So I have to ask, do you have some favorites, some key tips for these past hours? Yeah, you know, when uh, I think it was Dr. Tate said, rules without rebellion, uh, rules without relationship is rebellion. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that, I needed that. I yeah. needed that. Uh, so adding it to my repertoire, but all, again, all the conversations have been extremely phenomenal. Of course, seeing Lauren, I mean, she was my, um, she was in my class, so graduating class. So that was fun as well. That's awesome, man. So uh, Tim, would you mind telling us a little bit about sort of what you're doing now? What's that, what's that data? I mean, it sounds like you got a lot on, the, uh, uh, sort of on your agenda, but just curious about what that, what that day-to-day -day looks like for you and how you're making an impact uh, out here at the Gamecock. Yeah, definitely. So again, I currently work as, at the University of Maryland uh, in the athletic department as the program director for student athlete career development. Uh, so just as I tell the student athletes at Maryland, like my job is to help you secure the bag. Uh, so whether that's your, whether your bag is related to a summer internship, full-time job, grad professional school, uh, if you want to travel the world, you know, travel, you know, Europe, 
or gap year, let, let's plan it out. But anything related to career development, career readiness, uh, that's my job to help uh, facilitate. Um, have a great time doing it. I have a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings, of course. I get to connect with employers, get to connect with Gamecock alums who want to hire, particularly college athletes or really diverse talent. Uh, so being able to leverage those, those relationships as well. Uh, so again, having fun. Just having fun in my role. It's, it's, career readiness is fun. And Tim, when, when you see uh, our, our athletes in general um, really taking on their platform uh, and utilizing it for, for change, I'm curious what's the, what the conversations are like with some of the students that you work with at, at UMD and you know, what, they're, what, what conversations they're having, especially the, the, the Black athletes. Yes, that's a really great question. So um, it's really started with my experience at South Carolina, to be honest. Um, and so when I was a student leader at South Carolina, um, I had mentors, particularly like Brashe Dixon now, you know, Shay Malone, Nakia Strickland, who like truly empowered and spoke life into me, right? And I don't think, we think we do that. We're starting to see that more within student affairs, like, you know, having probably more increased representation of black women and black men um, in student affairs functional areas. Uh, but in athletics, I don't believe we're doing enough. Um, I don't believe we're doing enough to really empower students to take ownership of their voice. Uh, take ownership of their own learning and career journey. Um, and so my conversation with students is like, yo, like, I'm here to listen, right? I'm here to serve as a soundboard, but I'll never tell you or even point to you in a direction in which to act, right? My job is to help empower you and equip you with the knowledge, skills, um, you know, information you may not, may not have, right? Uh, you know, given there are meetings before the meetings and meetings before the meetings before the meetings that do happen, right? But there's like a, like a nugget that I can give you to help pivot and help you manipulate, you know, your, your plan of action, your course of action. Let's talk about it. Um, but again, back to Dr. Uh, Dr. Tate's point, right? Like rules that our relationship is rebellion. So being able to develop those relationships first uh, before I'm um, having some of those more deeper conversations has been extremely important uh, in my conversation, particularly with the black athletes in Maryland. I know you um, mentioned the crucialness of having or developing those relationships. So for students now at the university, what are your tips and advice in order to develop relationships, whether it's with peer-to-peer. -peer. I know that Dr. Treadwell touched on diversifying your network and making sure that not all of your friends look exactly like you come from the same backgrounds as you. That it's about being strategic, but also just giving a big picture and more perspectives in order to develop your morals, your values. And so what advice would you have about that? As well as just um, others. I know that you talked about Shay and all other um, yeah. during your time and my time as well, but how can you build those connections from peer to peer as well as from peer to that mentorship type of role? Definitely. So, I mean, I think, right, we say, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, we hear that a lot, but I think, it, again, it starts with identifying your passion. And so I, I know for a fact, right, that AAAS, Bond, Savvy, are organizations that are staples um, at the University of South Carolina. I think a lot of us flock to those organizations for community building first, right? And then find leadership opportunities within that. Uh, but there's only one president. Like, there may be a co-director in some organizations, but there's only, there's only one, right? And there are so many organizations, so many units in student affairs and academic affairs that we as Black people not need to be a part of. And so I think my experience in South Carolina was unique because similar uh, to a few other guests, I, I was on AAAS freshman council as a transfer student. Um, but after that, I didn't hold a role in AAAS in my entire time, like the next three and a half semesters. I got involved with intramural sports over on campus recreation and was an intramural rep and intramural um, sports supervisor. Um, did a lot of work with Title IX prevention work on, on our campus. I was, I was an athletic training student, which is a totally different um, career path than most black students. And so I say that to say that I was able to find leadership in those positions because of my, my passions, right? My passions toward Title IX, or interpersonal violence prevention, my passion towards sport, right? And soccer. Um, I remember a five at a seven fraternity incorporated. And so uh, being not just uh, NPHC president, but once I found out that, you know, as a fraternity council, like 
MPHC can hold those positions, but I didn't know that because again, there wasn't anyone that had served in that position before. So again, it's identifying your passion and finding opportunities to, um, again, uh, lift as you climb as our former guest said, but then also uh, make sure that everyone does eat when they're at the table. And, and Tim, I'm curious, I mean, you, and you talked about some of those leadership roles and, and I look at those student leadership roles and we were talking to one of our guests about it, that it is pre-professional training, um, but you had to make some tough decisions in, even in your, your leadership journey at the university. I'm curious when you, when you think about what either that was like or how that informs you when you have to make an, a, a tough decision, one that you don't know how that's gonna, gonna land, but you know it's the right decision. How it was, I mean, how was that experience? How does that inform you professionally, personally? You know, where does that, where does that come from for you? Yeah, I mean, so it's a great question. I like how you phrase that too. Um, and what it really came down to was that, I think we talk a lot about mentorship. Sponsorship was just mentioned, right? Was uh, probably more important. But peer mentorship, I think, is, is, is crucial. Um, and so for me, uh, during the time in which I was fraternity council president, you know, I met with chap my fraternity brothers, of course, my chapter brothers, but I also met with presidents of the other MPHC organizations. I might talk with IFC presidents and say, like, yo, like, talk, like, talk to me about what's going on, right? Because I knew in that, dis in that decision in particular, like, one, it had, just like all decisions, it had to be values congruent, right? Similar to what we're seeing with COVID, that decision that I made, you know, and halting um, recruitment was made to protect the health and safety of our community, right? It was a values congruent decision. So I think similar to what we're seeing as far as like backlash, um, you know, with universities either continuing classes or not continuing classes or going hybrid, like my backlash was, not, was being impeached my role. And so I think understanding that making the decision uh, has to come at a, at a price in which you're seeking uh, internal peace, right? And what you're seeking uh, bias congruent um, space and what you're seeking uh, daily joy, right? And not focusing and not making decisions based off what the reaction of the crowd would be. Because again, the crowd is, is a, uh, is very reactionary. Now, I don't think we can depend on, depend on them to make decisions that protect the health and safety of our community, whether that's related to Greek life, our fraternity and sorority life, or even our university community as well. I know you mentioned um, in your intro about your podcast, but if we can learn a little bit more about that, how did you get into hosting a podcast and what is it all about and what, what inspired you to create one? Yeah, definitely. So um, what inspired me was that I kept seeing, well, my a couple of my best friends, a good friend, started a podcast earlier in January. And I was like, I've always wanted to like do like a YouTube channel or a, po or a podcast. And I was like, nah, I'm cool. Like, who's going to listen to it? Like, whatever. And I actually started a beer Instagram uh, last year and it actually kind of took off too. So I was like, you know what? I got an encouragement from um, my friends, Rachel and Chelsea. I said like, you know, whatever, I'm going to buy a microphone and see what, see what I can do. Uh, so, so the name of my podcast is called Walk With TFB. Uh, which really stems from our personal mission statement to help students really help all people identify their passion, inspire vision and walking purpose. Um, so and as such, if you're walking in purpose and you're walking with me, I'm um, vice versa. Um, but the podcast itself, right, is that I'm a black millennial who's eager to have unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport and culture. And in my experience at South Carolina, as well as Ohio State and even at the University of Maryland, right, we segment our conversations, right? It's like the student athletes are over the Dodi, right? The student athletes are the, the Greeks are in Greek village and they don't have a house. Then on um, the bottom stairs of Russell house. And there was never a time in which I felt like I could bring everyone, at least I could have a conversation that touched on multiple topics without someone either feeling uncomfortable or was not knowledgeable about the topic itself. And so my passion areas are education, sport and culture. Um, so I was like, like, you know, screw it. Like I'm gonna start a podcast and bring guests on the show where we can have unfiltered conversation. I think we've seen that um, in season one that just ended um, this past Tuesday. But, but definitely look forward to season two and season three. And I'll make sure to get uh, Julian on the podcast as well sometimes so we can have some more uh, filter conversation as well. 
That would, be, that would be great, man. I look forward to it. And I think that's the, the thing, um, you know, I was telling Hannah that's, that's, that struck me after two, uh, after two months working here is the, the how dynamic and impressive and passionate our students are. And I think sometimes I, you know, I even talk to my, my colleagues and I'm like, the reason I have to tell, sometimes to remind folks is the reason we're hearing from students as to them wanting more from us as a university is because they actually care. Like the ones that don't care, they disengage, they disconnected. Um, mm -hmm. But when we're hearing from folks, those are the ones we have to engage with because they because they care. And you're talking about, you know, particularly staying plugged in. Um, I'm so I'm curious as how to how you stay even in your your travels and your journeys, how you stay plugged into the university or even the folks that you that you went through your undergraduate journey with. What does that look like even as you move throughout your uh, through throughout your your uh, your, your career? Yeah, definitely. So, um, of course, through Black Alumni Council, and that's a phenomenal um, experience going into my third year serving as a national at-large rep. Uh, so being able to have conversations, um, you know, about not just what's happening at the student uh, undergraduate level, uh, but then also, again, with alums across the country. Well, I think additionally, what I've been trying to do, and I think social media and really digital engagement has been huge in this. I think something that you definitely taken, you and Hannah have taken um, a liking to, right, is being able to engage with students like in a digital space. And I think what we're seeing now more than ever, particularly in COVID, is that like what worked in the past as far as, you know, students just dropping into your office and just chilling for three hours, taking a nap, eating a snack, whatever, like that, that's, that's not happening, right? So how, how can we continue to engage? How can we continue to, um, you know, like learn more about like what the student experience is, even as an alum? And I think I've done that particularly through social media. So seeing, you know, what Lyric has done, seeing what Juwan has done. I know Juwan reached out to me because he's pursuing a higher education degree. Um, like reaching back out to the, um, some, a lot of the mentors and peer mentors that I had while at South Carolina seeing like, yo, like, what do you need, right? Like just checking in with you. Because no matter where I go, again, South Carolina will always be a part of my journey and part of my you know, career experience. I mean, so whatever I can do to help, you know, just in a, not another game type, but also someone who wants to see, uh, be the change they wish to see in the world, like let's make it happen. But again, I don't think, I think there's a lot of people doing it in this, within the student affairs space, being more um, centric to athletics right now. I think we can do more to, um, you know, gather our student athletes into that conversation and, really, and whether it's force, motivate, push, encourage, into that conversation because what we're seeing back to your initial question about um, student athlete protests, right? The black students on campus have their own list of demands. Student athletes may or may not have demands, but they're not even talking, right? Like why can they not be a one page, like one page instead of two pages? Because that's one less thing to read, number one. But two, it shows unity um, across the university, particularly around the black student experience that I think can help elevate and advance change much sooner, much sooner than later. I 100% agree. I know that this past summer, I don't know if you've heard, Tim, but um, a group of students came together, including representation of athletes to create the 2020 revision. So based off <laughs> of the Vision 2020 document, I know you're very uh, informed about, but making sure that all groups are represented, not even just individuals from, I know everyone knows AAAS president and student government and bond savvy and then MPHC and then that is encompassed of everyone but including every individual from the athletes from even the other Greek councils and just a whole holistic look at the university showing that this is what students from all different branches of campus this is what all of us want this is what all of us agree to present and willing to fight for in order for the university to change but I wanted to touch on a point that you mentioned about you um, called out, shout out to Lyric and Jawan, but how connected not only the community of Gamecocks are, but specifically the Black community. So even now, everyone has name called someone else that's been on the podcast, but just that connective 
of current students, former students, students that are coming in. I know summer seniors is a huge thing as well, but how strong that family is truly. <laughs> that's a, that's a uh, fantabulous question to be honest, because the connection is strong. I, I realized it when I was an, when I was an undergraduate student. I think many students realize it when they graduate, and I'm uh, specifically talking about Black Greeks, because I think there's a lot of pettiness that occurs within, and I'm just, whatever, it's unfiltered conversation on the Black podcast, I thought, right? But there's like petty stuff that happens in undergraduate that I think we hold on to, and as a result, we don't uplift each other along the way, right? And the reason why, the, one of the main reasons why I am and where I am today is because of Aaron Henderson, who, are, who y'all are having later on the show. He's a Kappa, I'm a Sigma, and he legit came to me when I was a sophomore. He's like, yo, like, there's an opportunity. Um, at X, Y, and Z conference, like, I want you to go. I'm like, what? And so I think the the connection is strong, especially when you graduate, right? Because we get it all the time, right? We're the other USC, especially since we changed our name to like U of SC now, right? But the community itself is strong. But I think the connection can be even stronger and change can happen much quicker um, if we start early, right? Start sophomore, junior, second year, third year um, as undergraduates. Um, but again, I love it. Like, I think what we've been able to do, and I think similar to what Lauren has said earlier, like there's a lot of talent um, that comes through South Carolina. Uh, I think we need to do better in tapping into our talent and really uh, tapping into our talent, number one, but also across generation, because we're starting to see um, different generations doing different things and, and different generations have different knowledge, even on this podcast that I had no clue about. And if I did as an undergraduate student, uh, some demands, but also some, you know, some uh, emails would have been much stronger. Um, but I think we can do a better job bringing us together uh, whether it's things like this podcast, podcast-a-thon, but also through things in programming that we can do through Black Alumni Council, again, will be a, a great next step, um, you know, leaving this this session today. Yeah, and Tim, I, and I look forward to, uh, you know, especially as you, with your work on the Black Alumni Council, looking forward to settling in and, and figuring out how we can partner and, and you know, thankful for our, our advancement and development team, even putting this together, because my challenge to them, even in a early conversation that we had is that, you know, let's, this needs to be infused into, into who we are and our fabric, uh, you know, not just a one-off sort of program or campaign, but let's figure out how to do an after action and make this, uh, you know, make this a part of sort of who we are and, and, and they're committed to that and excited to work mm -hmm. with that team. So as I think about sort of, um, you know, Black Alumni Council, sort of where you all are. I'm curious as to, you know, the, your priorities um, for in, in this moment and then moving forward and then how you see that, uh, that group, um, particularly supporting the undergraduates or our faculty or just the university in general. Yeah, definitely. So as far as priorities right now, I mean, again, homecoming, the Richard T. Greener Scholarship, um, alumni engagement and student engagement. I know Hannah's mom, Dr. Nika White, I've done a great job spearheading the student ambassador program as liaisons to our alumni council, which is, which is huge. Um, but we're again, really focusing on those four um, target areas, right? I'm also thinking more critically about how we can continue to engage, uh, not just engage, but also recruit and uh, retain alums from across the country, um, especially recruiting those who may not have been involved with Black Alumni Council, um, you know, since they graduated, let alone in undergrad. Um, and I think it's not necessarily a rebranding, but I think really helping to show undergraduate students like the importance of the importance of who we are, right? The importance of who we are and who we can be prior to graduation. And I know that um, it's not my Carolina anymore, but the Gamecock, the Pastides Gamecock Alumni Association is doing a great job in creating that mentorship hub, um, which we'll tap into as well to be able to provide some more formalized mentorship uh, for black undergraduate students. But I think again, starting earlier, right? And, and helping students to see the value of what a Gamecock, I mean, a degree, can do and be for you uh, once you leave the institution. Because again, it's fun, you know, running up and down Gervais, 
um, you know, I guess walking up, what is that, Southwest or Southquest uh, steps, that could be fun and exhausting, but I think there's a lot that we can do um, outside of that, right, to better prepare us to pursue our evolving career journeys. And I say that not just to undergraduate students, but also graduate students and staff, faculty and administrators as well. Definitely. And I wanted to go back around to you mentioning that you're a transfer student. So I know um, a lot of students can attest to that. I feel like that is a population of or a demographic in our population that doesn't get highlighted as much. So I know um, one of my LSs, Yana, she is the president of the Transfer Student Association. But just highlighting your experiences and how you transferred in and just went after everything you set your heart to. So inspiring other transfer students who are currently in that situation, especially with the pandemic that is going on, we still have a lot of students that transferred in during this time. So any advice for those students? I appreciate you asking that, Hannah. Um, and so being a, a transfer going into my second year, it was like having another freshman, another first year on campus, right? So I kind of saw what college was like at Coastal Carolina. I was, again, I was an athlete. I walked on the track team there. So I was an athlete there, didn't get involved in anything. So when I came to South Carolina, I was like, I legit know nobody because I went to South Carolina not having like a dog, a family member, a friend who lived in the state. And so I said, I wanted to do things that would help me against find community, right? And I didn't have the language to say that back then, but um, that's what it came down to. So I'd actually, um, you know, joined the intramural staff as a soccer referee just to find friends, right? To get integrated into a campus community around a passion of mine, which was soccer, or it is soccer. Um, my first semester on campus, I also pledged uh, Sigma. So that was an opportunity as well to get really integrated into like leadership um, and what leadership can mean and be for me at the institution. And so for my transfers, again, like you have an experience, whether you transfer after a semester, whether you transfer after a year or even two years, uh, not to start fresh, but to do things differently, right? Do things differently that you may not have done at your prior institution. Uh, do things better that you did at your prior institution, but could have a different opportunity uh, to add value to the experience, um, particularly at South Carolina. And I think uh, to your point, Hannah, I don't think we spent enough time talking about transfers. I also don't think we spent a lot of time, enough time talking about out-of-state students because especially South Carolina, it's, a, it's not just the institution, it's the entire culture that, like, unless, unless you go there, you have, nothing, you have no clue, like, what it is. And so even the bow tie situation, my brother, I was like, yo, like, I see on TV, like, all these students wearing bow ties at the football games. Like, I need to figure out how to tie a bow tie before I transfer to South Carolina. And so he taught me my summer before I came down there, and ever since, I've, I've worn bow ties, right? And so I think there's, like, little even cues like that that can help us, um, again, not, not assimilate, but it, but – learn the culture and also add value, add our value, add our culture to what currently exists, um, not just at the university, but also within the, the Columbia community as well. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I, it's funny, your bow tie journey was the same as mine. You can find, yeah. you can learn just about anything on YouTube, so you practice it enough and yeah, and kind of go there. Um, now, Tim, I'm curious as to sort of what's the, I mean, you're, 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 you're writing your career. It sounds like you're, you're doing some great work at, at the University of Maryland. Just curious about sort of what the, as you project forward, like what does that look like to you professionally, personally? How do you, you see yourself um, using your Gamecock experience to have an impact moving forward? What does the, 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 the you know, five, 10 year plan look like for you? Yeah, definitely. So um, I still want to be a university president. Um, but I think it has to be the right fit. I think I, I realized that through COVID, especially. Um, I want to be a university president, which you're, what you said earlier, right? I can be myself, uh, where I can make values, congruent decisions that aren't challenged by, you know, donor dollars or donor relationships, um, where athletics is truly integrated into the university and not something that, um, you know, is entertainment. Um, so university president is a goal. But again, uh, like my personal mission statement says, right, like continuing to do the things I'm passionate about, 
uh, continue to inspire a shared vision that creates social change for all people and not just uh, the select few, uh, but ultimately we'll walk into my purpose. And so if walking into my purpose is university president, um, we'd love to have y'all on staff. Uh, if not, right, my purpose, walking into my purpose is opening up my own brewery and being, you know, a, a founder and CEO. Come enjoy it, come enjoy a beer, but just walking into my purpose and doing the things that I'm passionate about to create uh, not just social change, but also equitable, inclusive and safe environments for all of us to just live and just breathe. That's awesome, man. Well, let's let's keep in touch because uh, not only do we share the same sort of career aspiration at some point, but I, I'd love to connect you with some folks uh, and, and uh, um, that are sort of doing it. And then just, uh, you know, I think when I was talking about sort of the mentorship slash sponsorship. So absolutely, let's keep in touch, uh, stay in touch and, uh, and, and sort of talk about it from there. Well, I appreciate that, Julian. Yeah. Thank you so much. I know we only have four more minutes during this time, but can't let it go by without you talking a little bit about the One Creed, One Carolina campaign. There are many programs. I saw that you already donated. So thank you so much for your contribution. Mm-hmm. But just more than the donation, just talking about how many of those programs, I know that you talked about Shay and the Office of Multicultural Student Affairs and how that affected your experience here at the university. But just share any more experiences or how, how much these programs matter and amplifying these programs matter. Yeah, it's me, it's huge, right? And again, as I said before, and as the, uh, another guest has said, diversifying your, your, your circle is also important. But particularly these Black programs, initiatives, and scholarships, like those, like they're, they add to the reason, they contribute to the reason as to why we're here um, at Carolina, but also like how we continue to persist and, and towards graduation, right? And so anything that we can do to help, and again, whether it's financially, whether it's you know, time, whether it's service through Black Alumni Council, um, do it because we need it. And I think what Lauren said, and I think it had been Provost Taylor said too earlier, like South Carolina, like, can be the model for R1 Power 5 institutions across the country. We can be. Uh, but we have to choose to be. Uh, not choose to be when we want to, but choose that every day. Um, so whatever we can do to support and uplift each other, uh, again, whatever we can do to continue to help each other, you know, identify our passions, right? Uh, but also think about ways in which we can um, elevate the experience of Carolina students coming after us is important and it's and critical. So whether that's through practice, whether that's through policy, um, we need to make it happen and not wait for someone else to make it happen. Because again, like we're at, we're at Carolina for a reason um, and finding that reason while we're you know, there for four or five, six years, I think is one of the most uh, rewarding, but also purposeful things that we can do um, as a Carolina student. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's the investments, as you mentioned, I think are key. And, I, and, you know, even for me just coming in and learning so much about these programs, some, I mean, just seeing that the, the greener statute and, and scholarship and, you know, working with, you know, folks like Shay and, and, and meeting and a chance to meet her team. You know, I think, you know, one of the things my grandma always, if it's, would always tell me if it's important to you, you make time for it, you invest in it, you write it down, you hold yourself accountable. And I think for us as a university, you know, we've got to think about sort of what those investments look like, investments in students, because, you know, there's no, I mean, you can't tell me that, 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 that the talent isn't there. We, I know it's there. We all know it's there. It's the, it's the opportunity, it's the access, and as, that's the space that we have to make, um, you know, that we'll sort of make some progress in and make those investments and, and thankful for folks like you that are continuing to amplify that even through your work uh, with the Black Alumni Council and, and what you're doing uh, professionally as well. Most definitely, most definitely. Thank you so much for being on today. I know that you have been one of our most loyal um, watchers throughout the day, but thank you for also not only watching, commenting, donating, but also sharing your experiences. It means so, so, so much. 
Most definitely. Again, y'all need anything from me at any point in time related to this podcast or not, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, look forward to supporting and serving our community. And again, good job on getting it started and getting this happening. Thank you. Have a great day, Tim. Y'all as well. Be safe. Thanks so much, Dr. Rice. We'll talk coming, soon, man. We coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>